You're listening to WLRS Crypto Radio. We are not financial advisors. The content on this podcast and any YouTube videos are for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views and opinions of advertisers, sponsors, and guests do not constitute those of WLRS Radio or constitute financial advice. We urge you to make the best financial decision that suits your needs. Conduct your own research and seek the advice of a licensed financial advisor when needed. Know that all investments involve some form of risk, and there is no guarantee that you will be successful with your investments. There is no guarantee that you won't experience significant loss when investing. Now, come take a ride with David, Dylan, and Austin into the wild west that is cryptocurrency and DeFi. Which, like, you'll talk to a stock guy, and they'll be like, that's the most ridiculous degenerate thing. And you're like, you don't even know where I've been. Um, it looks like a third grader got into Blender and made these NFTs. It's out of the way now. If there's any CEOs you want to tell them to fuck off or anything. Let me think. Uh, <laughs> this week, uh, no. Welcome back to the weekly DeFi show on WLRS Crypto Radio. Uh, your shelter in the storm that is the crypto landscape this week. I'm David and I'm here once again with Austin and Dylan to talk this week's hottest DeFi stories. And we're also joined this week by Brian from Swapsicle uh, to discuss their DEX offerings and what Swapsicle will be bringing to the table in the future. Um, So how's everybody doing today outside of uh, general market conditions? I think the general market conditions is affecting day-to-day lives at this point, right? When it tanks this bad, it's a a part of us now, Uh, especially if we work in this industry. It's like, but honestly, like, because feel we're so far down in DeFi, like the prices do affect us to some extent but it's not like we're options traders or futures traders or maybe some of you are but i'm definitely not so like the plan remains the same is that we're just building tech on these blockchains and uh the prices are cool and all and it brings traction into the industry but uh like the the build experience and like what we're doing doesn't really change on a day-to-day Right. Yeah, no, I know I sweated it out last night because I had some like loans out and I was holding a bunch of Bitcoin and I was like, I'll just put it in stables for now. So I did that. Yeah, I mean, we. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, that's it. So you you can go ahead. No, I mean, I was just going to say, like, we talk about it as a team all the time. It's like, you know, because this is our job. This is what we do every day, day in and day out. It's like sometimes you only interact with certain community members when there's a 20% drop, you know, it's a, so it's not even like we're worried about our business as much as we are, you know, we just feel for the community. It's like, could you imagine just being out in crypto for a week or two and then you just come back to that? And it's like, man, the, the sentiment really does. Like, I feel like some DeFi protocols, especially ones that are in tune with their community. A lot of times we play customer support and it's not even, we're not even supporting our own, our own tech or our own product. We're supporting, the entire market like that's a huge part of what we offer as like a service as part of being in DeFi with no products uh we have to kind of be in touch with our community and the sentiment at large because it plays a large part into the emotional category of uh, day-to-day interaction so it's it's a uh, it's a big toll obviously and i think that uh we're just starting on the full scale domino of what we're about to see and hopefully and this is the good news if you're in crypto right like that hopefully this is about to get to a point where if you're still in this and you still have the balls for it by the end of this, this is where it really matters. This is where it really matters to put capital on the line because this is really what discerns from like, you know, just a little bit of gains or getting a hundred X 
there here in the bull market, but you're really in the very front of the next bull run. Uh, and that's, this is, that, that's exciting to me, right? I, I haven't had this opportunity yet. Nope. I've well, just... It's, it's just hard. I mean, especially if you've never been in crypto or anything like that, like you see your portfolio drop by 40, 50, 60% in a month or two. You're like, what is this? What is yeah. going on? You know, I mean, like, like sure. What is, what is this? You, you say know, it's I mean, a, this is you say it's a scam, and then head off to Facebook to trash talk crypto. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I understand why people get turned off on it because there's not like a, a rule book to this, and there's nothing that stops any person, any human being, can get on crypto by some extent. Like there is no like stopgap for any any user to want to interact with crypto. Like there's no disclaimers or anything. So the people that are getting involved. Like some of them just do not have it. They're not cut out for the type of trading that, that DeFi really is. Um, and I feel for them. Um, it's not easy. But if you just stay in it for about 10 to 12 months, you'll be completely ruined mentally. And then what happens is you have all the risk tolerance in the world. And maybe this is anecdotal because I'm speaking about myself. But honestly, it's not too bad once you lose a couple thousand, you know. It really, it really loses that sting. Yeah, what's that song? The first cut is the deepest. <laughs> it is, man. Sometimes you're like, "Holy shit!" But then, um, you know, you, you can't get you can't get the massive gains without understanding where the massive losses and how this market moves. And um, obviously, this is a testament to it. What we're seeing right now. So, I'm convinced there's there's three stages of how it goes. Is I don't know about you guys, but I got in like early 2017. So like like almost 2016. So prior to that big run up that XRP had in like March, um, I mean, I thought I was a genius. I thought I found this tech and that, you know, I was going to be a millionaire. So there's that, that stage number one where you know nothing about it and you buy some coin and it goes up and you don't sell because it's going to go to a million dollars because you found crypto and no one else has. Right. You then found that's followed like... by air market that tests you, right? To say, okay, can you handle this? And you're going to slip up in that. Your first bear market, you're going to sell some. You're going to take losses. You're not just going to hold it all the way through. But what you'll probably do is sell it when it's already 75% down. So that's that's step number two. And then finally, right. the third step is when you get that bull market where you go, okay, I learned the first two lessons. Now let's party. Yeah, that's that's a guideline to crypto, honestly, because I think most people's playbook looks exactly like that, similar to you. We got into XRP at, in 2017, bought it, thought I was a genius, thought the tech was you know, that's crazy how many people I talked to that bought XRP first uh, That in the 2017 bull run. A lot of people were entrusting a lot of faith into XRP. And actually, I still hold a lot of XRP, but it is in a toast wallet with a phrase that I have no idea anything about. And so it's locked forever. So you're welcome, XRP. Uh, they gave up that project, didn't they? Toast wallet did. You can still get it on GitHub. Uh, and I tried that, but none of something's weird because like none of my passphrases I normally use, I must have used some like off the cuff password, and I had it written down somewhere, and it's lost forever. Yeah, I've done some yeah, stuff I always, with like Splinterlands and like the their Hive keychain wallet thing, and it's a it's really confusing. You have like six different codes, and you're like copying and pasting stuff everywhere. It's it's pretty frustrating to use. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the good news, and we'll talk a little bit about it whenever we talk about uh, the FTX debacle, but for you, Brian, especially, is that there is, and it looks to be like proven, that there is users that are starting to trust CEXs 
a lot less, and they're moving their funds to DEXs, uh, which I think is incredible because this is really what DeFi is about. This is really what crypto is about, um, is is owning your own funds and, and not allowing anyone to take part in the maliciousness that clearly FTX has. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, honestly, Binance has, uh, that they use these funds. I mean, FTX, when you boil it down, took funds, put it into a bunch of locked VC investments and their own token, uh, and allowed a capitulation event that is, you know, that truly hasn't even hit the market, really. I mean, it's hitting yeah. the market, but it's not there. It's not like the, to the capacity it's going to be. Yeah, it's like the speculation of the capitulation is hitting the market yeah. right now. And like the I actual damage from all that stuff getting liquidated is not. Yeah. I mean, if you guys don't mind, I'll jump right into, you know, just talk about what Swapsicle and the DEX is. I mean, just... I'm sure most of the people listening in kind of understand, you know, either have heard of us, you know, with our partnership with Frozen Walrus and, and just what a DEX is, but how how it really is different um, than a centralized, you know, the whole not your keys, not your crypto thing. It's just the main thing to understand about DEXs and Swapsicle is that you're interacting with code. That's it. The yep. code has been audited. There's no back doors. That's why you get things audited. That's why it's important for people to make sure that any decks they're dealing with has been audited because you could be running something great for so long and there's a dev that built in a back door on it and all they got, they can just drain the funds right out the back door. So, I mean, that's why, you know, our whole thing at Swapsicle was we want to be doxxed. We want to be audited. We want to bring some type of legitimate business practice to the DeFi space, because the concepts are great. The code is great. All the stuff you can do is great. But do you really know at the end of the day how audited and, and everything is that you're dealing with? I mean, it's just amazing to me. And I don't, I'm not trying to single any particular person out, but the trust and the anonymity is, is shocking to me. I think, I think yeah. the anonymity no, is wild. good, you know, but it's, it's, it's shockingly scary to me how much trust people will put in. Oh, are they audited? Do you know who they are? No, but there's 271% APR. And you're like, what? Truly that'll, that'll go away. And it's starting to already, thank God. But, um, you know, I had a different approach when I first started in DeFi. Um, and Dave, you can stop me and go over the show sponsors to you shortly. But, you know, I, when I, when I first started, I was like, you know, I kind of respect a non-enemy because there's like a lot of things that we have access to in the states and, and other other countries that some countries just don't have access to and and i first was like well everybody should have access to crypto that's true but not everybody should run a protocol so my views have changed like this industry is not made for everybody if you can't run a protocol doxed right and you can't you can't do the proper footing that is needed for a business then technically you really shouldn't be running a protocol and people should not invest funds into you what is, but yeah, just give me the re. What is the reasoning as to why you would not be docs? It's yeah. a simple question. Either you're doing, I, so I, I spoke with somebody about this previously and I understood it maybe two, three years ago when, and DeFi really wasn't even around then, but you know, when people, let's say you worked at a big bank and they said, Hey, no involvement in crypto, right? But maybe you were kind of feeling like a rebel and, and you did something with your buddies and you were starting something, right? And you didn't want your boss to find out. Now, crypto is accepted enough to where the only reason that you're not docs and people don't know who you are is because you're up to no good. I'm sorry. That's that's my 
interpretation is like, what are you trying to hide? What are you trying to do that you don't want anybody to know? Yeah, yep. it's it's vastly being viewed like that now, uh, whereas before it wasn't. And there was reasons to not be docked because of where DeFi and everything was. But we're in a different era now. Um, and I think that the next bull cycle will be a different era as well. Uh, I hope because realistically, right. so if like we ever plan on advancing like at all as a DeFi, like as a career path, as like being used like in real world application, the next step is that founders and leaders have to take that torch and carry it forward and do the next the next right thing and that is making it more legitimate and you can't make it legitimate if you can't even put your face behind it right yeah i mean that's a little frustrating for me working in design and marketing stuff i have two separate portfolios i have a crypto portfolio for artwork and like a regular you know nine to five full-time job design portfolio and i can't really go around showing my my work at this point, you know, cause I'm still working both jobs and I don't want, you know, the HR department getting all squirrely. Um, but being able to sort of combine those two worlds would be a, a big win. Um, yeah, we can jump into the, the show sponsor stuff here. Uh, this week's content is brought to you by Warfi, which is a revolutionary investing experience on Binance Smart Chain. Uh, you can buy a soldier and let it accumulate rewards backed at 1BUSD with revenue from their P2E game offerings. Uh, or you can just play their game. You put tokens in just like an arcade and get paid out for each kill you earn. Uh, if shooters aren't your thing, Warfi is also developing an entire games hub. Uh, so you can earn by playing all kinds of different games such as chess or checkers. Uh, card games and stuff like that uh, you can read more for yourself at warfi.games uh, we also have their discord invite listed below in the episode description if you'd like to become a show sponsor you can send us an email at wlrsradioinfo at gmail.com and if you're an investor be sure to bug your devs to become a show sponsor at the best cpm rates in crypto marketing uh, and boys before we get off to the games it's important to remind you guys that I do have an 18x leverage long on AVAX that is currently printing. I'm up 37%. Uh, but if you're wondering, will I close it? No. The potential is still there, and I will hold it until it liquidates. So I'm a holder for since day one. Man. Ride or die. Ride or die. Die with the bags. Um, yeah, so we do have a couple games uh, we're going to play right now. Uh, the first one being real coin or fake coin um, and how this works, Brian, is I have a list of five different coins and we're going to go through each one one by one. I've made up some. Some are they're totally fake and others are real life coins that you could go buy right now, which I wouldn't because they're all shit coins uh, for their funny names, but uh, they exist. Um, so... The first one is called Red Wave, and we'll let uh, Dylan go first, I guess, because... Gotta be a real coin. Gotta be. Oh, Red Wave, yeah, it's real. Brian, what I'm do you think? I'm also gonna go real. That's a real one. Yeah, it's gonna be real. That's right, boys, we got it. We're one up. We didn't get one last night, but other than, you know, <laughs> the prices of everything, but... 
I think it's an yeah, older so- token. I don't think it actually has to do anything with the current election. It's just it's it almost caught me off guard at first. I was like, that almost sounds too basic. Maybe it's fake. But- <laughs> yeah, the, there's some mind games being played with Dave yeah. and, and this game. I'll yeah. be honest with you. It's space games with Dave. You know, you never yeah. know. You never know. Man. I'm out there. He's a, he's a wild child. Uh, Thanksgiving Floki. Thanksgiving that's, Floki. That's real. Dude, they throw Floki at the end yeah. of everything. That dog has more crypto tokens yeah. named after than Satoshi. <laughs> Dave is hundred percent real. Fake. Brian, you saying real? I I gotta say real because it's so ridiculous. It's real. Damn it. Yeah, Austin, I'm telling you, man. Mind. They'll throw Floki into everything. True. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I could make a fake one because they all exist. They just run through exactly. the dictionary and find every noun. It's bad when noun. Dave has to try and make fake names that sound like, it's like getting how there. easy it must be. Yeah, it's, it's getting there. there. Uh, real yield farmers. Real yield farmers? Yep. Fake. That's a bad name. Real yield is... It sounds, it sounds fake, but there's something real yield. There is a real yield, but I don't think it's farmers. I'm going fake. You know what? I'm going to be contrarian. Because I got to get these points. I get those points. It's real. It's fake as hell. Damn it. Uh, nice. Uh, underwater lend. Underwater. <laughs> Is that like underwater overnight finance? Underwater, underwater lend. lend. That's FTX right now. <laughs> They're underwater. <laughs> that's that's, yeah, they that's just real. Read. It's just called FTX. Uh, ouch. I'm yes, gonna go, real. I'm going to go real, yeah. BTC is about to lose 16k. By the way, Jesus, we're just gonna have a little countdown thing. We're just gonna have a little like little thing going down on the on the YouTube videos. Uh, Austin, what were you saying on underwater lend? I'll say uh, fake. That's fake. You get one back. Wow. Uh, so time, Austin. We're coming into the last token here. Dylan and Brian are tied at three. Austin has two. This one is called uh, Twitter. Just Twitter. Stop it. There's no way you made that one up. I'm going real. Fake. Fake. It's a real one. <sighs> so Dylan, Dylan wins. I know it how Dave's mind works. There's actually several Twitters. There's not just one real yeah, Twitter. You- There's probably four. You're playing the game against Dave there, by the way. It's all about his imagination and creation there. Uh, he's pretty squirrely. He's a creative son of a gun, I'll tell you that much. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then our other game we're going to jump into is Guess the Price. All you have to do is guess the price of Bitcoin. It's uh, Bob Barker Price is Right style. Uh, closest without going over gets three points for their team. Uh, obviously, all of the hosts are playing for themselves, and the guests are a uh, cumulative score each week. Uh, last week, the guest said $2 to beat Austin's absence. We put $1 for Austin, but he... Um, he would have won. No, cause, I'm pretty cause, sure he would have won. Because Trajan put 2 bucks. So he, he did uh, if, if Trajan hadn't have said yes. that, it would have been, been Austin winning. It, 
So Austin went twenty thousand three fifty one. Dylan went twenty thousand three hundred fifty. I went nineteen thousand five hundred. Uh, so I did not go low enough. Um, so yeah, the guest got this three is, points. We're predicting Bitcoin's price of last week. Uh, yeah, so you're going to be now guessing Bitcoin's price next Wednesday. So like a week from now, next what do you think Wednesday. what Bitcoin's going to be? Um, it's like it's like the price is right, but for Bitcoin, you might have already. Seen yeah. Um, next, so a week from now, I'm going to say Bitcoin is going to be at. Seventeen six fifty. Seventeen six fifty, and then who on was on a retrace? Yeah, we're I getting like... a gnarly. We're getting a gnarly dip. Honestly, <laughs> it's a cliff. Yeah, it's gonna pull. This up. shit's wild, man. We're just watching like full on liquidation, capitulation. Uh, I mean, people are losing. No joke. Like we're at sixteen thousand right now on the money. I mean, people are well, losing think- livelihood. Yeah, we might have a ways to go, but I'm hoping by next, in a week from now, we're on some type of consolidation that pulls up. So I'm feeling good about next Wednesday. All right. And I'm good about it. Uh, Austin, you were the the furthest away, so I guess you can go last. I was the next closest, so Fucking dare I'll you. go. Um, I'm going to go 16,000. Uh, I'm going to say 14.5. Austin, what are you doing? I've lost lost my optimism. I'm going 10K. Let's go. Let's get that bottom, boys. Let's capitulate and rebuy. I got got 12.1, but I'm hoping it pulls back before next Wednesday. God, I hope. We just lost 16. We're at 15.942. This is the lowest it's been in 52 weeks. Woo! Negative seventy five percent. for the year. Oh, I was gonna say. Ironically, I think a year ago today was. Yep, I'm really happy. A year ago today was was the highest Bitcoin's ever been. Dylan, ask me what my shorts at right now. I bet it's printing. Come on, ninety three percent. Let's go. (laughs) Big payday. Um. I'm just really happy that I got into DeFi just about a year ago today. So I've I've ridden this entire thing down. God damn. That's that's actually about mine as well. It's a roller coaster. I have uh I have learned some things and others I refuse to stop on. Since Echo's back on. What'd you say? I've been bumped. Your echo's back on. Who Dave's or mine? Uh awesome. yeah, yours. I've got echo. Oh, it's because I actually you might have to mute me in the in the actual um in the thing as well because I actually Dave, by the way, I hope that you uh have been recording the audio because yeah, I got muted. audio. All right, I've been muted for the last twenty two minutes. I just it did it again, myself, which is why you're it's the second time which is why you're hearing. Stop it. Yeah, I have the audio. We run a tight chip. Okay, uh, let's um, let's get to uh, the swapsicle stuff. How about that? Yeah, hell yeah. Um, so as I previously mentioned, uh, we have Brian here from Swapsicle Decks on the AVAX network. Um, Brian, why don't you sort of introduce uh, our listeners to what Swapsicle is, 
um, for people who maybe don't know at all? Yeah, so I kind of jumped in a little earlier, but um, yeah, so Swapsicle is a, a deck that was started on in May of this year um, on the Avalanche Network. Um, you know, fully docs team audited. That's kind of what our main goal was, is, you know, to be kind of all about the community. That's why, you know, we really hit it off with Frozen Walrus and everything that that's about. Um, and obviously looking to go cross chain now. Uh, we have BSC enabled um, with Polygon and Ethereum and Phantom and others around the corner. Um, and really just kind of, you know, what our goal is, is to bring that, um, you know, we get at the question we get asked all the time is what makes you guys different than, you know, Pancake Swap and Trader Joe and all this and that. And I think, you know, when we're talking at conferences and things like that, it's that we're here, you know, we're at these events, we're on the podcast, we're talking to people helping people in DeFi um, just navigate their way through different things uh, when it comes to DeFi and, and what, you know, what the space is all about. So, I mean, that's really what we pride ourselves on um, and kind of just bringing innovative products to DeFi, you know, in, in the best ways that we can, obviously when it comes to regulations and things like that, we can sometimes be hindered as to what we can and can't do. Um, we obviously have a full legal team that we run everything by, but just kind of navigating the waters of, you know, probably not the best past five months, six months to launch in, but, you know, it is what it is. And we got a great team behind us. Um, you know, everyone's enthusiastic to continue to build um, and, and just create great things for the DeFi space in general. And, you know, Austin touched on it a bit earlier, too. It's, it's kind of I used to look at DeFi from the outside and say, oh, well, that's kind of messy. You know, I come from a traditional real estate background and, and, and sales and stuff like that. And, you know, you look at it from the outside and you go, well, that's kind of messy. But then you realize, well, who's going to be there to kind of clean it up? You know, why don't I be a part of it rather than being a skeptic behind it? Why don't you bring some of the knowledge that you have with sales and with um, making collaborations with different partners? And I mean, just the response that we've had from interacting with people who want to interact with people in DeFi. You know, not everybody wants to be anonymous. Um, we're seeing this big time moving over and talking with the finance smart chain projects. They have like no docs projocs over there. So yeah, any doc project yeah. over there is just so willing and accepting to talk to us because it's a breath of fresh air for them. They're going, oh my gosh, we have this, you know, this partner that we can work with that. You know, they want to build things, they want to do things. So, um, yeah, I kind of ran on with this. But just, you know, that's really what we're all about is, is bringing DeFi to the mainstream in a good light rather than just the same old pump and dump farm token. You know, we have a limited supply with the POPs token. Um, so that separates us from, you know, the majority of DEXs and, and the things that we want to continue to develop um, down the road. So that's yeah, kind of what something. we're all about. Something I want to sort of jump back to is like how you said there's no like docs projects or everyone's just very like hesitant to sort of leave their bubble. I've seen that quite a bit trying to even just book guests on the show. Like everybody thinks you're a scammer DMer, so you can't just go into someone's DMs. You have to like ask someone in the Discord and do all this. Like you have to jump through all these hoops just to you know expose somebody's community like it's such a strange backwards process i guess yeah 
I mean, the thing for us is we have a specific um, protocol that we follow. You know, we have non-disclosures that go out prior to um, discussing partnerships. Then we have actual agreements that people need to sign and we know who everyone is. And it's it's tough because it, it does hinder some growth because, you know, we can't partner with everyone, but we we don't really want to partner with everyone. You know, I mean, we're not because we have a limited supply token. We don't want to just go out and just say, oh, that's a project and we don't know who they are. But, you know, let's give them some reward. Um, you know, are there going to be projects that fail in D5 Cord? I mean, that's that's the landscape that we're in right now. But at least we can say at the end of the day that we did our the best due diligence that we could and, and made a good decision at the time or, you know, whatever for the community um, to at least, again, be somewhat of a shining light to what sometimes can be dark in DeFi, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, yeah, um... it's, a, it's a difficult space to manage. Um, and and I, I, I do appreciate y'all's levels of commitment to bringing real business uh to DeFi because it's something similar that that what i'm trying to do and and obviously i don't i now have a legal department and i've now grown into the position that i'm in Uh, but when i first started it was very difficult to speak even like i was nervous to link up with you all because uh, i had i don't have a legal team i don't have this or that uh behind me that i can just like hey this is my full name and uh, I'm ready to go because like of the tax implications and a lot of other things. But I knew that I wanted to show my face. I knew that I wanted to tell people, hey, my name is Austin. Um, and, and it's just a difficult thing. So I do appreciate the level of commitment you all take to, um, you know, to really bring real business to DeFi. And I think, again, that is what will separate us in the next bull run. Um, I think I hope uh, that people start valuing that like they value good projects. Uh, and so if there's a good projects, and a good team behind the projects that are docs and are, are moving like with real business practice. Um, that's better for DeFi in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And I think being, being battle tested through it. I mean, like I said, it's not, it's not been the easiest to pass, but it's, it's been easier for our team knowing what we have in the works and what we're developing and doing the different things that we're doing in order to continue to build that community. I think, and it can be tough as a community because I remember, I mean, I was in, you know, when I was in XRP and the flare stuff came out and that's, I think they're up to about a two and a half year delay now. And it's, you know, I mean, I get being on the side of just a community member who's kind of left in the dark, who doesn't really know um, everything that's in the works. And, you know, we, at our team meetings and everything, we, we want the community to know what we're doing. And yes, there's certain things that we have to wait for, you know, because we never want to overpromise and underdeliver, um, but we want to be as transparent as possible. And, and we actually noticed that uh, about a month back that we kind of felt like we were leaving the community in the dark a little bit because we were, you know, working so hard to do this, attending this conference and that conference, and um, really just doing a revamping of how we were portraying, you know, things like the, this podcast and everything, and just being open with the community to say, you know, this is what we're about, and we're not hiding or running from anything. We're not we're not afraid of the market conditions. It's just, we really want to build and it takes a lot. And I think all of us kind of learned that as we got into it a little more, like how much is in depth, you know, you, you write a smart contract, you review the smart contract, you get it audited, then it comes back. And then you're, re- you're constantly, you know, refining and, and making sure that things are good and then putting it in testing. And then, oh, you found a bug on mobile and then you got to, you know, change that and just trying to get everything out to people in the best form possible in a safe manner. It's just, it's really important to us. Right. And you guys have an actual office, right? 
Yeah, yeah. That. So we have an office in uh, yeah in London. Yeah, pretty know. awesome. Well, not a lot of uh, DeFi projects can say that. That's for sure. <laughs> Very true. Um, yeah, you can see Austin's office in the background there. Yeah, man, that's real. That's real wood. <laughs> I went, I went out there and cut it down it's myself. Real wood. Real wood, if you can imagine. Uh, I'm outside of my log cabin. So, hey, pretty cool. Now we know if where. I, all if that. I just shift my, if if I shift my camera to either way. You can see that the veil has been lifted. Oh no! Don't do it. It's, Did you already it's, do it? It is actually a. It's a headboard behind him. Fun fact. It's just yeah, a it, giant headboard. Yeah, it's it just is. a giant headboard. I was like, oh, that'll look better than sitting in my basement. Just hold some stuff for me back there. It was getting kind of. It was getting kind of bland. I had to spice it up. Oof. Um. So you guys, yeah, you guys have, and you have a limited supply of the Dex tokens, the Pops tokens. Um, so how's that sort of work as you distribute more and more tokens and what's going to happen after those tokens are distributed? Yeah, so I'd say probably, and again, this is probably because we haven't obviously decided on, you know, when we go to these other chains, how many POPs tokens we're going to bring over there. Um, but I would say probably in about two years, our full token supply will be out. Um, you know, with 100 million total supply, we've already burned two and a half, we call it melted, uh, two and a half million pops. And basically what that is, is our external yield farming campaign is we'll go out and earn real yield in other protocols and other chains and things like that. And then bring that fund, bring those funds back and actually buy pops off of the market. Um, obviously when the market's hurting the way that it is, you don't really see that um, those effects, but how it, how it really works is because our inflation rate is ba basically a hundred percent this year. Um, you know, we're seeing just, you know, people are still treating it like that, that what I'll call a DEX 1.0 of the unlimited supply, farm and dump, farm and dump. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I just think over the next year or two, we're going to see a turn in that of how Swapsicle, the foundation and the things that it develops um, it, it makes that POPs token more of like a golden ticket um, rather than just a APR farm, which again, we were hoping to still have, obviously, because the goal of um, liquidity farms is to not just have the emissions, but you'll be earning through um, supplying liquidity. You know, so yeah. obviously looking at things like um, concentrated liquidity, um, Uniswap V3, um, things of that nature, where you can actually concentrate the liquidity in, in certain sections of price, so your users can earn um, better APRs off of the swap fees. Um, because I'm sure, as you guys know, when you supply uh, liquidity to a pool. You're supplying that from zero to a hundred million. You know the price of Bitcoin is probably not going to go to a hundred million, but the algorithm itself needs to account for all these prices, right? Yep. But if you say we only want our hundred thousand dollars to supply liquidity, if the price of Bitcoin is between sixteen thousand and twenty thousand, now all of a sudden, because that's probably where it's going to trade for the next week or so, right? And you can change this stuff at any time. Um, but allowing that that hundred thousand now is going to feel a lot more like a million dollars because yeah. it's concentrated within that certain period. So it's really cool. It's something that we've really been looking to do. It is a huge overhaul to do, um, but you know, with things like limit orders and and um, things like that, it, it it's in the works. You know, of, of things we're looking to do down the road. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of where. 
some of the things we're headed towards. Um, one of the things that we have right now um, that we just rolled out is the Icebox, um, which allows our users to utilize their stake pop token with AVEX to earn rewards paid in AVEX. Um, Pretty cool. And, yeah, and, and that's all tied into our external yield farm campaign as well. So all the rewards are preloaded. Um, we're going to do it year by year. So anytime we roll a product out, the rewards are going to be filled for the year. So we earned 600 AVEX. We just loaded into the pool and said, this is how many spots are available. Once those spots are taken up, anybody who comes in after requires somebody to leave. Um, so once those spots are filled, because we obviously can't, you know, we're not going to roll out a product that says, you know, you can earn 20 or 30% AVEX. Um, and then the spots fill up and they're like, well, where's the AVEX? You know, yep. yeah. So our whole thing was let's do let's make it more an exclusive club, you know, of saying, hey, we've earned this 600 AVEX through doing this. We want to put it in here for rewards and come get it. Go verify it in the contract that's sitting there. You know, we're yeah. not using users' funds to generate more AVEX or anything like that. It's it's really just a marketing play if you think about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it, also it really yield. It's a good way to. Yeah like everybody's sort of looking for these like looping strategies, you know, now where you can take your stake token uh, and that'll get, you know, 5% a year or whatever it ends up getting. Uh, and then take that and use that to get more yield elsewhere to sort of get a higher return. And that's a great way to do it. Um, and I think the other benefit of that too is preloading those, those rewards. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in a community where, they do have like a farm like that and they don't have enough rewards to cover. Like it gets ugly quick when people claim something that the, the UI says they have, and then it doesn't go in their wallet. Uh, it gets ugly. Really Buddy, quick. have I went through that? Um, yeah, that was, that was one of the things I went through with our PCP contract, getting back to peg. Uh, the contract became insolvent and I had to dissolve my entire treasury and airdrop over $300,000 worth of assets back to users. It was quite yeah. the experience. Uh, and uh, yeah, you, you, uh, it's a big hit, man. When, when I did that, it was like, it was a treasury that I took from nothing and I made it into $400,000 worth of stables. And here I am giving it back. Uh, but then in my head, I was like, you know, the treasury is the community's. This is what it's for. Uh, but it, it's, a, it's a difficult thing. Um, so, you know, any kind of real yield is, uh, favorable for me at this point. I don't like the the DJing contracts as much anymore. It's it's definitely looking for more attainable goals uh, and lowering expectations of the community, which is very difficult to do because there's always going to be something new that comes. That's the hardest part is it's very hard to be competitive in this market because uh, there's always a new flavor coming out. There's always a new yield coming out that cycles you know the same currencies around to give a different number on the APR screen. But realistically, it's, the, it's just PvP against each other. So it's, it's a it's a difficult thing to manage as a protocol that's been lasting longer than six months. Yep. Yeah, I think that's we've made the decision early on that, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be the long play game for us. You know, we're, we want to be the project that's around, you know, years from now where people say, hey, it's only 15 percent, but it swaps. It. You know, people know that I'm going to go earn 15% and I'm going to earn 15%. And, and what's so crazy is you go to any traditional money market, yeah. anything, and you tell somebody they're going to make 15% with with a good reputation. And they'd be like, what are you talking about? You know, like, right. Yeah. They'll be like, where can I park my money? Like, uh, yeah. Where do I park my money? 
And so, you know, I mean, it, that's, I think, eventually where the DeFi space will mature is that 7 to 12% will become acceptable and that people will feel comfortable with that. I you think know, it's it's part of the expectation of communities in DeFi. It's people that know that they can get that and they've been spoiled by it. And that's nothing wrong with the DeFi community. It's just part of what we've seen uh, and what's to become expected. But realistically, when all of this falls short and things like this huge large scale capitulation happens, um, you know, seven to to fifteen to twenty percent, it's attainable through crypto. It's not attainable really through TradeFi because of how hedge funds and banks use our money yeah well but they, without any middleman we're able to offer much higher than what is actually in traditional finance realistically and banks well, and I stuff think, i think people do see that oh go ahead yeah like banks and stuff cut so much meat off the bone when they use your money like i say it pretty much every week but like they take your money from your savings account and loan that out to someone else for 30 percent apy or apr you know interest and they give you what like one percent if you are good you know yeah uh, it's wild well i mean it's like i don't know if you guys are familiar with prop firms at all like from trading do you know what that is i do not i'm not familiar so like my forex funds ftmo basically they put up challenges um that you can apply for and then if you pass the challenge you can get a funded account from them okay but i do i do know about that then yeah right and so their expectations are to pass you need to make 10 percent in a month so that's the expectation of what these VCs and everybody wants. It's like, do you see them giving 10% back to their users? No. Yeah. You know, I mean, those are going to the executives and, and people of that nature. So I really think the whole reason I brought up that was to just make the point that I hope that as DeFi grows and matures a little bit, and yes, regulations will come in, but people can see that, man, I can participate with my money and cut out the middleman. You know, I can go earn 12, 13, 14% as easy as depositing it into a bank account. It doesn't have to be. It's engaging you know. and fun. You get full control of your finances in a way that's not been usable ever in, in finance. Like, it's so exciting to be able to log on, use your money however you want, and find new opportunity to create wealth for yourself. Um, and it's it's truly one of those things that that's why I love it so much is that it's just so freeing for a user like especially me coming into it. I didn't have uh, large bags, right? I, I had to make something from nothing, and that's more of a possibility in DeFi than in any other industry right now. And that's why I love it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and right now, I think the the, the farms on Swapsicle are, are pretty good. So if you take that sort of long long term vision, you can still get. Like twenty to thirty percent on on well, some here's of those pops really cool. farms. Yeah, one of the things that I wanted to touch on too is our. So we partnered with Overnight Finance um, with USD Plus, hmm. and what's really cool about them is they're basically the vanguard of crypto, right? So they do um, overnight lending, super low risk, um, you know, with with just their rebase, right? Um, but what they have is their USD Plus. We have a USD Plus USDC farm, which is a stable farm. We can offer about 20, we try to keep it around 20% APR. And the reason being is because in the LP token, every night when they go to their arbitrage bots, kind of go through and skim everything out, those rewards that they skim off the top of the LP tokens are used to buy back POPs tokens. So we basically calculated it out that it's anywhere between 7 and 10%. So we can offer a farm with POPs rewards at 20%. 
but realistically, we're only taking 11 to a 12% APR hit when it comes to sell pressure on pops. So things like that in, in DeFi, that, that to me is truly utilizing DeFi of saying, okay, I'll give you 20% on our token if you want to stake it, if you want to use our ice box, ice vault, um, things like that. Or if you do end up selling it, we're able to mitigate some of that sell pressure just for the rebasing that's happening with happening with another protocol. Mm -hmm. So things like that is really, that's what to us is DeFi is all about, you know, with frozen walrus. Okay. You guys bring liquidity over. We'll reward you guys through a rewards contract um, for doing, for doing that, you know, for bringing more exposure, for bringing liquidity to Swapsicle, um, you know, finding people that you want to partner with and do certain things to me is what DeFi is all about. I mean, I love when I see like uh, Beefy has it all the time too. They'll have like a, it'll be like a vault full of like four coins. And it's like four different projects that they all kind of concocted into one thing that users can um, invest in. And I think that'd be cool to have, you know, eventually, I mean, Austin, I talked about a while ago doing something with Grape or, you know, whoever just bringing projects together. So everybody kind of benefits from different angles of what mm -hmm. they need. Um, and it, it does, it instills trust. It, it, people start to realize that, okay, um, this project's doing something pretty cool. They're connected to this project and so on and so forth. And before you know it, I mean, you make this giant spider web of, of good people in the space and that's how you turn it around. It's not gonna be one project that comes in and says, we're the, we're the safety police of DeFi. It's, no, it's gonna take everybody, you know? I mean, it's gonna take all the projects coming together and, and people with good ideas and, and developing things. So that's where yep. I'm hoping the direction goes. Well, we don't have to hope because you're actively working on it and there's a lot of other people that are actively working on it. You know, it's, it's going to take time. And for us that really put risk on the table and put our names out there and put our face behind things and, and, and fight the regulations as they come to us. Like we're really at the forefront of, of making this something special. And, and I always have said, and I truly believe that my kids will be using DeFi in some capacity. Uh, and if I'm, if I'm going to allow my kids to use this, by God, if I have a chance to fucking to mold it in a different direction than it currently takes right now and make it usable in a way that's not DGN behavior, but rather uh, a freedom of traditional finance in a way that, that benefits them, uh, then yes, then that's, I'm, excited for it and and that's why i love doing it because I, I really do I, it seems kind of silly to say i do it for my kids but this is their future you know what i mean i, I th this is where i see a lot of my funding going for their college tuitions for their for their future is tied to a lot about crypto because i work in it full time and i have to believe in it if i'm in here so and i do believe in it so uh i, I think we're doing a good job on that brian yeah i think when i think too i mean that was one of our one of the focuses that we wanted on too is we we joined Crypto UK, which is basically, uh, I don't want to call it a lobbying group. It's more of a think tank um, with different partners from traditional finance. I think cities on there, Blackstreet, um, Ripple. I mean, there's a ton of people involved in Crypto UK, but they, they really are listening. You know, I mean, I think they understand kind of how big it is. They, they view it a little bit like the internet with some restraints that they can put on, but I think they do realize kind of the movement that's happening and they want to learn from the people who have kind of experienced it. You know, what are you seeing? Where are the issues coming in? Where are the scams? You know, how are people doing these rugs? And it's a lot of the questions they ask is very basic. Hey, let's just, you know, KYC or audit the projects, make sure they're who they are. 
if, if Swapsicle has to register with a with an entity, then so be it. You know, I mean, it, that's not the end of the world. And if it is for your project, are you really serious? Anyways, you know, so there's there's going to have to be some give and take. There's no doubt. I mean, especially it's compromise. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to the lending side, I mean, we're it's coming, you know, I mean, they're, they're not just going to allow people to say, oh, we'll just trust you on your reserves or you'll just trust you on this. Like, it's going to have to be proof. You're going to have to file, you know, recordings and, and things of this to say, you know, and that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. Is it going to require more manpower in your business? And you're going to have to have, you know, we have two accountants in our business, but it's going to require people to bring on accountants and things like that. But that's we shouldn't view that necessarily as a bad thing because the business that you're going to get from that, from being a legitimate business, will supply the, the funds you need to pay that account, right? So you're losing out to, I'm sorry, Come Rocket and things of that nature right now. That's a real problem, sorry, sorry, Come yeah. Rocket. I mean, well, <laughs> you know, Come Rocket. Yeah, there if you've it seen our, our Twitter but, contest, <laughs> there's some Come Rocket references in there. Yeah. And so, Will we lose out, you know, we'll get rid of projects like that that aren't willing to be legit. Well, those users are going to want to go somewhere, right? Agreed. So we kind of have to see that regulation isn't all that bad. If it's overreaching, that's different. You know, if they're making people, if I'm just interacting with code, you don't need to know who I am. You need to know if I'm sending it to a bank or I'm trying to spend it, whatever, that's fine. But if I'm just interacting with code and, and doing things of that nature, you know, we'll want to pull back on that because there is some part of anonymity that is good. You know, it's, I, I never liked the saying, you know, well, if you have nothing to hide, then, you know, why not? It's like, well, sometimes people just want some privacy. You know, they, there's a fine line between running a project with other people's funds and just being a user on a DeFi platform, right? Yeah, sure. Those are two yeah. totally different things. So I think we just need to find that balance. Yeah, and I, I think, think uh, I think actually this this next topic is something that I would that that I'm actually interested to talk about. Uh, well, actually, it's after the the FTX one, uh, but it was the library token, Dave. Yeah, and we'll, uh, if, we'll I, get, if I can say if you're okay, spoiling sorry. it, you're spoiling it. <laughs> sorry, man. Yeah, we're gonna talk about. I, guys, I, talk about I, I totally apologize. I got about five ten minutes left. You're fine, yep. man. No, you're good. Um, right. So I guess the last thing, sort of, on my pre-thought of questions or topics was um, like what's coming down the road for Swapsicle? Can you say anything about like what the ice van is or things like that? Yeah. So the ice cream, well, the, we have the ice cream van, which is our staking mechanism. So that's basically if you go on Swapsicle and you click on the stake portion, you'll see kind of how um, it kind of goes in chronological order. So um, ice, Cream van is how you take pops into S pops, um, just like a traditional staking mechanism. Um, it divides as you go in and it multiplies as you come out. That ratio, right? Um, once you have S pops, you can then go into the ice box, which is where you take um, S pops with AVEX to earn AVEX rewards. Yep. Um, and then we'll have ice vault coming out, where that'll just be a straight up you deposit stablecoin USDC and you'll earn. Um, Stablecoin USDC. It's actually a lot like the PCP um, that you guys had, mm -hmm. um, where you'll be getting pops USDC when you withdraw out of the ice vault, um, and basically it runs off of a five-day average pops price. So if the price of pops is above the five-day average price, 
and let's say you deposited $100 USDC and you want to withdraw, you can withdraw at any time, um, no locking period, no fees, nothing like that. Um, and you get $100 worth of USDC pops um, along with any rewards you had. And then if the pops price is below the five-day average, and again, this is an ongoing thing, there would be a 10% withdrawal fee. And so you'd, you'd get $90 back in pops USDC. Um, again, there'll be limited spots. I think we're opening up to 100,000 total um, to start because I think we, I think we're filling the contract with $20,000 in rewards because we're yeah we're doing we're doing 20% APR um, on stables. So we hope that that I mean that'll be by far the best that I know out there on stables to earn in stables. Yeah. yeah, unless you use a uh, unless you're using V tokenomics, which is a whole different beast, and it takes like a year to get up to anywhere near twenty percent of staking it. That's the yeah. only thing I know of, anyway. Yeah, yeah again, it, extremely it's, good APR. Yes, but I mean, it, we're we're hoping, you know, I'm sure it'll fill up fast. Um, again, people will be able to verify that we loaded the twenty thousand in there, and it's just come get it, you know. And the only thing. We just we just don't want people coming in collecting rewards, getting the pops USDC, and then dumping it. So what we actually did is created a hidden farm. Um, so when users do want to withdraw their pops USDC, that the only way to get into this hidden farm is to stake it right out of the ice fall. Um, we're going to keep the APR for that. It'll be paid in pops, but it'll be a pops USDC farm um, to where you can go. Just and the only way to access it is when you withdraw from the ice fall. So it'll say, do you want to stake this USDC pops into, you know, 26, 30% APR in that farm? And then it'll show up on your farms, but it won't show up on the farms page if you just go to the farm. Yeah, you got to keep the, you got to keep the carrot in front of the people. That's right. Yeah. That's what it's all about. It's, it's all, it's all incentive structures. I mean, that's usually how most economies work. There has to be incentive structures. That's what gets people out of bed. Uh, otherwise, you know, you lose the focus, like. There's a lot of things in crypto that I want to do for grand gestures, but realistically, the incentive structure is not there to, to engage the users in a way that it would be beneficial. Um, so there's not like that's that's one of the things that stops crypto right now is because it's such a big financial tool and financial gain is the the forefront is that it's really hard to get users to engage if it's not monetarily like valuable, right? Like if, if it doesn't have value through money, then why are they using it right like that well, that's currently yeah, I mean, what i think yeah it's it's the it's the why are you why why am i going to leave trader joe why am i going to leave penguin right so you need to give users a reason to come over and then say wow you know actually i like this ui better i like this i like the things that they're developing i like that so then you can build customer relations and, and have those you know users um move over to you right that's why we implemented all the um the, the routers and everything, right? Because what we said was, look, people may want to trade just this asset, but people are getting to the point where they don't want to go to three different websites. They right. want to come to one website and they want to use the swap function and they want to be able to swap pretty much any token that they can think of right from one section. So we said, well, obviously we don't have enough liquidity to make liquidity pools for all these. We don't have enough pop token to incentivize all these farms to create liquidity. So what should we do? Well, let's implement the routers to ensure that the users are always getting the best rates, regardless of where the liquidity is coming from. Um, so again, that that was a decision that we made to say, it's all about the user's experience. You know, let's get people to come over, feel comfortable. Okay, they're audited. They have the rewards in the contract. 
um, I can feel safe, you know, depositing the funds in here. It's, you know, everything like that. And then I'll stay because now I like the, now I like the experience, but you were never going to get them over unless you had something. So again, I kind of bring it back to people are like, well, is this sustainable forever? You know, are you guys going to be able to continue the real yield? We hope so. But if not, what's the difference between spending $30,000 on a marketing campaign and loading $30,000 for rewards? Because the crypto community is going to talk. They're going to say, hey, you can go get 30% on your AVEX over there, but hurry up because there's only, you know, 500 spots left. Yeah. You know, so kind of creating that exclusiveness with also people saying, well, is it too good to be true? No, it's it's marketing, folks. It's marketing. It's, it's better to marketing to give it back to the community members because they'll do more talking than any crypto influencer ever they'll guaranteed. The they'll make the YouTube videos. They'll make the Reddits. They'll do all that stuff for you if you give people a reason to be a part of your community. So there's there's no catch to it. It's just instead of us spending banner ad money and and you know paying Twitter bots to make comments, we decided to take those funds and say, here, you know, we're going to put those funds to use in a real yield campaign, generate yield, and then give it back to you. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's honestly you know, that's what, I, what I found. And I think it's, as a, this, it's a good decision. As this bear market sort of rolls on, I think people itching for 100% plus returns is going to sort of transition into more appropriate <laughs> rewards. Um, yeah. So having all this stuff set up, I think is very beneficial because eventually people are going to be like, oh, 10% is great. 15% is amazing. Like 20%, holy crap, you know. Um, 20% because, and I'm not getting rugged. And yeah, because you can get 100%, but if you're, if the token goes down 90%, you got, well, you, you didn't make anything. You know, you lost money. Yeah, yeah, that's what I try and tell people about inflationary tokens. Even Walrus itself is that, uh, tokens that are offering anything over like 15, 20, 30 percent, uh, th like there is like something somebody's paying that, and like you have to understand that, like, if it's an inflationary token and it's getting paid in itself, uh, it's like you need to, you need to, especially on newer farms and things like that. Whenever Toon Fork season was going on and there was a ton of Toon Forks coming up, people were jumping ship from Frozen Walrus at, at first to go to the next one because Frozen Walrus is only offering 3% daily APR, and this one was offering 35% daily APR. And I said, do you all honestly think that you are going to take 35% of those tokens while everyone else is receiving 35% of those tokens a day, and then you're going to get dunked on? Like, get real. It's it's a PvP game at that point, and you should look to the vision of the of the leaders and the teams involved um, but I mean, that's a, we're past that now. We're in a, a whole different stage of DeFi. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we, we feel, we hear the community, we feel their pain. We get, we get it. Like we totally get it. But one thing we do pride ourselves on is our, our pops to AVEX ratio is almost at where we launched. So if you really think about it, it's been AVEX that kind of brought us down, you know, because yes, the price well, people, I mean, I'm sure most people understand this, but when you have a token paired to, say, AVEX, you are beholden to them almost times two. Because if the asset is falling, right, and the ratio to AVEX is falling, and, and somebody sells pops, it's actually going to pull you down twice as hard as AVEX is dropping. Yeah. Because you don't, you're not only selling into, you're selling into an asset that's also dropping. Right? Yeah. Yep. So that means that MasterChef, our you know liquidity 
basically the quitted contract has to um, always ensure that there's a 50-50 ratio in the liquidity pool. So if you're selling this asset into this asset and this asset's dropping, that's a, you're getting hit almost twice as hard. Yeah, so liquidity pools are a fickle bitch, and uh, a lot of users don't understand them. Uh, but it is one of the pinnacle uses of like DeFi and how we like manage all of our crypto. Um, we've already, yeah, I mean, we've already talked about next bull market. Once once we allow Avex to ride us up, we're gonna pull the we're gonna pull the Avex pair. And yeah, we'll just swap have it to like USDC. A, yeah, stable. Yeah. But we it's, gotta wait for the bull because we want Avex to pull you up next time. Yeah, of course you want right? to ride that wave. You want it to pull you up, but once you're up, then, you know, don't forget the gravy train, but pull that Pops Avex liquidity and put it in Pops USDC, and then let's let let's let the level playing field. Are we going to drop when the market drops? I'm sure there's always drops and things like that. It's not, it's not so that we're immune to market conditions, but, but if there's one thing we absolutely learned, I mean, we launched literally as Avex started, I think Avex was at... 80 bucks, 90 bucks. Yeah. And we launched, yep, right into May. Yeah, right there at the end of May. And that, and ever since then, it's just been our chart looks exactly like AVEX from May to right now. You know, yeah. so it's like people are like, well, what's going on? Like, you know, and I get it. We people think, oh, you're dumping, you're doing it. Guys, no, it's just, it's part of DeFi. It's just the way that things are worked and how they're tied together. And, you know, we as a team, we like I said, we feel the concerns, we hear them, but we're so concentrating on just building, you know. I mean, just continually building and, and and making sure that when the next bull run comes, that we are ready, and you know that we're going to be one of those projects that are going to take advantage of the rise of Avex. Yeah, yeah. And Lettuce was saying uh, there was a yeah another bunch of people left Frozen Walrus for the allure of high APRs and were rugged at the Genesis pool. I mean, I and I told him it's tail as old as time. It's happened they, more than those once. people even the, those people even forked my docs. Man, my docs were so well written. They said, "Fuck it, I'll fork them." And uh, I was very proud of that moment, but I also knew they were going to rug. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're in a we're in a different era. There's not as many projects with the guts to launch right now uh, or continue building. Like honestly, if you see people still building in this space, those are the people to believe in uh, that are going through this nasty nasty downturn right it's it's not easy to do this shit um you know it's it's constant constant pressure on yourself it's constant pressure on your teams it's constant pressure from the community it's just non-stop i mean i love it and i'm not complaining it's the industry i chose but it is a demanding one for sure yeah. absolutely and i think uh brian you said you're kind of up against the clock here yeah, yeah, I gotta run here in a sec. Um, I well, we can we before we get to the meat and potatoes. If you want to, we can send you off and and let you get off a little bit early if you want. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, guys. I appreciate it coming on. I mean, we love doing this stuff. So, I mean, anytime you guys um, have anything going on, and vice versa, I mean, we'll definitely stay connected. I would love that. And everything. Yep. I'm actually gonna add you to a, a super secret chat that all our previous guests uh, have been added to. So, um, basically. If we ever have an opening or something, I'll probably just ping that group and first come, first serve. Uh, Absolutely, guys. Well, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, like I said, anytime, just feel free thanks, to reach bro. out. And it was great talking to you, man. Everything. Yeah, you great well. talking with you guys. See you, brother. Right. Thank See you. you guys soon.
Um, with that, we can sort of hop into our weekly foundational show sponsor update. Uh, Austin, Hold on, maybe Dylan, needs wanna... to restart his, Dylan needs to restart his camera. And also, Dylan, can I get a sound check that you're fucking alive and breathing? I knew it. His mic's muted and it's been muted this entire time. He's probably thinking we were just fucking ignoring him. Oh my god. Dylan, reconnect your mic. This motherfucker. Because he sent me a message. I was like, are you fucking alive? There he is. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. We haven't heard you this entire time. I went on a long tangent. Um, were you wondering why no nobody was listening to you? I felt Jesus like uh, I just thought Brian I just thought Brian was rude for a second. I was <laughs> dead. <laughs> Come on, my show and talk all over me. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Oh, what an idiot! I thought. I'm not rude. I'm just stupid. Yeah. I told you. I said, "Dude, are you fucking breathing? Like, where are you? Like, good bre- said- brain dead." I was like, "Good brain dead takes, dude. You're really adding to the show's value." <laughs> hey, he had to. Uh, he had to carry your back because you didn't show up to what the last one. Yeah, man. Can Probably you still. See my camera? No, you need to reset your camera. Your mic's a little low too. Yeah, dude, no, speak up. Look like you, Why are you doing that pillow talking? You talking through a pillow or something? Uh, just an update on my short position. We're still kind of dwindling around. I'm up about seventy five percent. I have not closed the position. Uh, I do expect another tanking. Uh, you know what? Fifteen. No. Uh, let me see. Hold You're on. quiet. Yeah, I got you now. Yeah, quiet? you're still quiet. I, yeah, I, turn up your input volume. Input volume? Y'all asking for a lot. You all... Well, something, something's happened. Dude, you're down like 20 decibels from your normal self. Um, you're not acting yourself, Dylan. You, you know what is decibels? What was that? Am I that low? Yeah, right, you were you bad. You're, you're good now. Don't touch anything. Maybe it just took a second. Okay, I'm not Jesus touching Christ. anything. You know uh, what Jesus is closed Christ. out? phase one of walrus anglers club why don't you give a little news on that dave that was a good segue brother all right (laughs) uh yeah walrus anglers club is minted out of phase one i'm very excited about it because we honestly minted out so fucking fast in this market it's insane we took it was like a little bit of slow growth there at first and then once we hit that 1k mark um, yeah, and we people were at about month. People really started FOMO, and it was really down to a, a big investor that believes in me. Uh, which actually, Dylan and Dave, I can tell you off camera because I don't want to like dox a bunch of stuff about him. Uh, but Radiant Lost is an excellent, excellent person, and he, uh, he, I've talked with him a lot about uh, Glacier and, and just his own business approaches. And he's owned a couple businesses and stuff, and uh, he's a really good guy, uh, but he really took the brunt of it and bought 500 nfts um and then people really started otc and shout out to savage bro uh he he really reached out to his community and everybody wanted to start otc in and once otc's really opened up the floodgates open uh and we got to secure 20k a3s um excellent 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 so now what well, we fucking hell i think our chief marketing officer is in the vip section right now lettuce i mean the man tweeted for us every single day uh he shielded us to just about every nft community out there i'd and say he single-handedly like got two three hundred mints just from you know his efforts so we greatly appreciate you lettuce uh-oh 
Bless you. Uh, I'm sorry. And yeah, once you get closer to that mint out, like people get antsy. They're like, oh, should I? Yeah, man. Uh, I had even people reaching out. Hey, can I still OTC? Like 10, 15, 20, 30. I had like five or six new requests. I was like, no, we are fucking sold out of phase one. And uh, it's a good feeling, but we still have a lot of work to do. We have to go for phase two. We have to uh, re adjust and look to what market we're going to look at as far as ASICs, uh, what's most profitable or, or most stable, really, honestly, right now. Um, not really profitable, but more stable uh, to to kind of capture uh, some funds like early on, like Litecoin or anything that's down right now. And once we get that and get some marketing done, uh, we'll launch phase two here in the next couple weeks and uh, try and get another 2500 down and the price has increased to $125. Uh, so if you didn't get in on phase one, uh, sorry, but you're going to be paying 125 But still, you know for what? that price, I got, a honestly, I got a green Walrus sky, and I'll sell them for yep. the right price. Well, the thing is, it's like uh, if you want we, that the, artwork, the, the artwork itself is, is worth more than $100, in my opinion, as far as like what I've seen from other NFTs. That's a good way uh, honestly, to stave off the SEC there, because we, we know the SEC is listening. It's one of the greatest commodities. Um, Thanks, Rod. Let me <laughs> let me say that again. It is a great commodity. I didn't miss that um, joke, uh, guys. It, like, so there was a joke in the macro show last week that Austin made. You can go back, but it was this is a total derail, but it's fine because <laughs> I, I it was so good. And then your face, like, so <laughs> this is. We're talking about the Chinese markets regaining a trillion dollars in, or like they gained a trillion dollars or something. And Austin was like, yeah, that brings them up to like a trillion dollars. Like they were at zero before. And you made this face like you were waiting for Dylan and I to just like yeah. <laughs> laugh at your fucking joke. And like, we're just like, yep. yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, talking. y'all fucking ignored it, dude. Oh it was God. such a good joke, wasn't it? It was a good. It was job. so well timed and everything, and, and y'all just uh, disbelief. Y'all just pure just disbelief. Ignored it. And then you just like took a rip off your vape, and it, like I, I did. I did all the right things on that joke, and and no, nothing came from it. Also, by the way, back to the topic, WAC. We now have uh, nineteen AVAX traded on Alpha shares, and our floor prices went from eight uh, to twenty five. So now the floor price is twenty five AVAX, which it uh, was worth, worth six dollars. That's right. <laughs> but regardless uh it's definitely higher than the the mint price and so that's really cool i'm very excited that they're holding up and people aren't trying to dump them on the market it means we don't have antsy buyers and there's a uh, 300 and some holders and i think it's a cool i think it's a cool business model and I, I really i'm excited to get these things running and get them in december and, and start fucking printing can we maybe sue dream believer he said the bull the bear market was over and the bottom was in uh, Can we sue him for financial what was that advice? One guy from, what was that one guy in Coin Market Cap that gave us dream, financial advice? Dream that, Believer. That was him. Okay, yeah. we're on the same boat then. Have yeah, he needs. I, I would like to sue. You better lawyer up. We're coming for you. <laughs> we we took some unsolicited financial advice from a commenter on <laughs> Coin Market Cap. He didn't even say he didn't even say NFA, so he didn't even have that defense going for him. So honestly, he was asking for this. He's asking for it. Austin, just pivot your lawyer to go sue him. Yeah, I'll do it. In my stead, please. Um, let's uh, dive into the biggest news of the week, which uh, is FTX. 
and CZ and this Bitcoin mess we're in now. Um, so FTX got into a little Twitter scuffle with CZ. Uh, FTX lost that scuffle, then ended Handedly. up with a bu- <laughs> then Handedly. ended up ended up with a bunch of uh, liquidity crunch issues. Uh, and Binance and was token. like, "I'll buy you. We'll, we'll buy you uh, once we look at your your papers." And then after reviewing, I guess the papers, at Binance backed out, saying that the deal isn't going down. Um, and then released their released their liabilities, the paper liabilities that they had. It was such a fucking big brain play. Like there was realistically no way for CZ to lose that. Um, he had already he would already threatened to dump the FTT on the open market, uh, which is where pretty much all of their investors' money was. So that would make FTT like FTX completely insolvent. And then he was like, "Yeah, I'm not done yet, you piece of shit," because they don't like each other apparently. Um, I don't think so. Supposedly, uh, Bankman fraud, freed, whatever you want to call him. It's actually SBF. Okay, well, Bankman SBF. Freud. He loves his had, mother. Uh, he'd been talking about. Uh, he'd been talking to regulators in the U.S. about CZ. So there was CZ got reports that the u.s hold on hold on no it wasn't no it wasn't he wasn't talking to regulators behind well he may have been but really what set cz off is that sbf sent a tweet out it was one tweet and he said are you even allowed here because he was talking about speaking in washington after that tweet that is when cz went (laughs) full demon mode and just like you know what that reminds me of back in 2000 and like 14 i think um during the Obama presidency, uh, they had the White House Correspondents' Dinner, and uh, Trump came. Trump was invited to the Correspondents' Dinner, and Obama uh, invited him to make a joke about him because Trump had paid all this money for the birth certificate situation in the Obama presidency. It was a whole, it was a whole thing. So uh, Trump goes, gets made fun of, and he doesn't laugh at the at the show at all. And uh, about six months later, uh, that's when he announced his presidency. And there's a lot of people that think he ran against the Democratic Party simply for that joke. And what it makes up? sense to me. You imagine? Because, I mean, it's DZ did the same. I mean, they're both like business sharks. They don't like being insulted like that. Well, it's really just ego. Like, they both have large egos. Most, most large corporate, like, most businesses that are ran by people, they're all just large egos. Dude, yeah, they just the, don't like the salt. You can relate. That was flowing. Yeah, I'm gonna. Like, I'm gonna be. You, you know what? Run. I'm gonna run for president now. That you made fun of me. <laughs> Fuck you, Dylan. I'm running for fucking. He ran a bunch of times it. before. Yeah, but those are all jokes. It's all I, jokes. Until it's all a joke until you, you win a couple primaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly like, what you think what if Trump was like, was holy down? shit, people are actually going to fucking vote for me? What the fuck? Now I have to actually do stuff? That's exactly what happened, actually. Uh, probably so. I promise you, Melania did not come to this country to be the first lady. That's true. Uh, so FTX really, really screwed the pooch on this one, boys. And uh, honestly, what I've it's been saying blast. in the chat from like what I've been hearing is that Realistically, what we see is a couple of things, and why this is like the fir- the start of the dominoes and not the ending result, is that FTX gets liquidated. They can't pay all their liabilities off. Those investors are likely leveraged to some extent. 
uh, once they can't get their money back out, what do they have to do? Well, they have to make right to their investors uh, or you know to themselves. They have to sell more L1 assets. And realistically, Solana's dead because Solana's a shit chain. So uh, fuck you if you like Solana because it was completely centralized. Solana is the big the um, Alameda, which is an FTX company, I think. They hold a uh, metric fuck ton of Solana. So it came out that Alameda had been pretty much destroying uh, currencies that were getting listed on FTX before, like right the day before that they were getting listed. Uh, and everybody was like trying to blame SBF. So SBF actually stepped away from Alameda, but he owned 90% of the company still. But he stepped away, but he owns 90% of the company. Um, it's pretty wild, right? Uh, that that is even happening. But like all of these exchanges, and kind of what we were talking about is more people are moving into DeFi. So I'm all for it. These exchanges are trash. Uh, even Binance probably has liquidity crisis management, uh, and they're probably not doing a very good job at it because there's no liquidity, so you can't really manage zero liquidity. Right, and once uh, it's it's difficult. We, we talked about it on the macro show a bunch. Is all these, these ways to onboard DeFi with bypassing your centralized exchange. Once there's a way to offload crypto into your bank account without going through a it's centralized a exchange like there's going to be little use for centralized exchanges outside of you know just this ease of use and no it's also it's also um futures markets um leveraging and things like right. that that's realistically where they make their money um they just they just say hey we're a crypto thing but realistically they don't even care about crypto they make so much more money on leveraging uh and those platforms alone are probably 90 percent of their income if i had to guess because so many people leverage trade and it's it's an addicting thing um i mean i'm even doing it right now as we speak it's it's fun but uh when they let you leverage 50 to 125 x it is insane lose-lose scenario for you as a user um, just realistically, you're gambling, uh, especially on those prices. 125x. And imagine if a crypto exchange, uh, a centralized exchange, that doesn't have to show you anything. That's not really regulated, and they you open up 125x leverage, long or short, and they see the a bunch of positions piling up, and it's within cents on Bitcoin. Why can't they have a blip on their radar? What makes them not say, "Well, we could offload 10,000 Bitcoin real quick." just d literally liquidate all of these positions and then buy it right back, right? Because not only is that going to dump the price, they're making all of that money back from liquidations. Um, so it's a win-win for them and it's a lose-lose for you. Uh, so it's it's one of those things, that's kind of the market that they're in uh, with the veil of, hey, you can hold your crypto here. But realistically, nobody should ever hold crypto there. Uh, it's absolutely insane to me that people are still using these platforms. Uh, maybe because about that at Trajan uh, Crypto Roundtable today if it's not your keys it is not your crypto how many of these centralized right. exchanges have to go fucking under before people start moving into the metamask and like that's ac actual fucking DeFi? that's americans for you though i mean just, I mean, i'm just speaking about americans at least because i'm in america i know americans how they act it's like oh that's not my problem until like it's actually my problem it's your problem i wasn't exactly. on voyager i wasn't on celsius i wasn't on you know ftx you know so i must be i'm fine you know it's not going to happen to me and then it does and you're like well what do i do to get my money out what do i do to do this it's like too late brother in christ it is gone 
yeah, <laughs> it's, coming back. It's, it's a pretty bad deal all around, but uh, hopefully this expands DeFi a little bit and <clears throat> allows new users to come in. Yeah, I think as soon as, like Dave said, as soon as we can put bank account to crypto to crypto to bank account, it's a wrap for centralized exchanges. I mean, Coinbase will become completely obsolete at that point. Yeah, why would Um, I pay, you know, I don't even know what outrageous fees I pay to Coinbase, you know, every time I want to move money. Because it it is, it's the only way to get it back. So, I mean, and I use Binance to get money back. Um, and I don't I don't even know how much I pay. I'm sure it's, you know, ten, fifteen dollars every time I do it. Yeah. It's at least that for me on Coinbase. I mean it's like some percentage of of what you're moving. Um, I tried to move funds off Coinbase one time and it was Austin's done this as well. I tried to move USDCE to coinbase and they do not have usdce on coinbase so i don't even they think got all... they're yeah yeah you have to be careful with that i usually only send like the layer one stuff yeah it's it's gone got thrown into a wormhole it's never to come out that's why you do unless they add support your test transactions first did i tell you... i had been drinking <laughs> uh we had just come back from a concert and I wanted my money in my bank account, so... More money in my bank. I, I did it big. <laughs> it didn't work. Do it live, right? Uh, we'll do it live. <laughs> no, that happened to me... I mean, it's it's not lost. Um, but if you send money from... If you send Matic to your MetaMask, um... Even if you like, you send it to your address. There's like a, a checkbox on Coinbase whether you want to send it on like the ETH mainnet or like the Polygon mainnet. And what I ended up doing, I, I just had the ETH one, and it sent the stuff I wanted to go to Polygon to my ETH wallet. So I have 50 Polygon on like ETH that I'm not gonna touch because I have to pay, you know, whatever the damn gas is. Yeah. Because like I don't keep any like eth stuff on that metamask i have a different wallet for that and i'm not gonna send eth to pay gas to send it back and then pay gas to send the eth back out so maybe when polygon's ripping um and i mean ripping ripping i don't mean like ripping like it was last week yeah it's dead now what's it at probably oh 78 yeah let's see Oof, Billy! Happy I sold that into stable coins yesterday. Austin, go go check out what Billy just posted on FTX. While you're doing that, fifty k to nineteen k on a thousand Solana. Well, he was holding it. I don't know if that's his or not. Yikes! Yeah, Solana was the easiest short in America. Uh, looks like the crypto market's rallying. My short position is still in profit by 6% from 100%. Probably should have taken oh, some profits. Uh, but it's pumped about 5% in the last like three minutes. But I assume we'll have a quick dump as well. We're not done. I'll, I'll promise you that. We're not done. The election like isn't said, even decided the, yet. It's like, yeah, this isn't even the bullshit we were supposed to get. This is like extra helping of bullshit. Yeah, the, the FOMC, I highly doubt that the meeting goes anywhere other than what's expected. 
Uh, that that fucker pal is going to be peckish, wellish, something, whatever's Hawkish. bad. Hawkish. Yeah, no, tomorrow is the CPI, so hopefully uh, maybe some CPI numbers being down leads to, you know, better better days to come. They ain't doing um, down. I don't. They're doing seventy five. No, I think I think uh, I think next year we we see a bit of a rally. I think that like somebody was talking to me today, and he he made a point that I really liked. He said that that these these uh, rate hikes they're going to keep doing them until something breaks, and then when something breaks, they'll say okay, we'll stop, and then they'll fix the thing, and they'll stimulate the economy to fix the thing, and then they may go back into easing. But regardless, like it's going to break. It's, we're pretty close to a breaking point. Um, and the housing market the, lost 1.3 trillion dollars over the last six months. Well, that was just that read. was just that was just funny money at that point because a bunch of institutions bought housing and uh, has just been sitting on it, trying to hike up the prices uh, for their own, so they can use that like real world asset backed, so they can leverage bigger positions. That was literally all that shit was. Yeah, I and live in a pretty rural rural area, and like houses around here, like doubled or tripled in price almost like you could sell an absolute chip box for like 200 uh, that's what i did i bought an absolute chip box uh end of 2020 and i sold that absolute chip box for i made 16 grand but i flipped it for about 40 grand more after all the fees and all that bullshit and you didn't tell the irs about your capital gains of course right not gonna not their business not <laughs> I mean, it's kind of literally their business, but <laughs> nah, I'm a nah. sovereign citizen. Fuck the IRS. Sovereign citizen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Again, as long as you can podcast from prison, I don't care. You're too good of a personality to have <laughs> to have off the show. I can podcast from prison. I'll I'll get a camera in. Yeah. You're just gonna hear like every like five minutes. Like you have thirty seconds left. Insert a quarter. It's going to be very expensive for you to podcast from prison, but sure, it'd be worth sure it. if you mine enough rocks or something, they'll, they'll pay you. Um, I finally get in shape. Austin, we're getting into what you want to talk about, a library token deemed as a security in the SEC case. Um, it's a first experience kind of on this. Well, go, man. Tell us. Yeah, I was going to say, give us the experience. Well, it's not technically related to this, but it's related to uh, tokens becoming securities and what's a commodity and a security. So technically with Glacier, right, uh, the the fact of the matter is, is that if I LLC my company in Kentucky and then I offer certain cryptos uh, and similar to what Brian was saying, actually, um, you have to be very careful because if something gets listed as a security, you cannot trade that without going through the SEC and getting regulations placed on your company. Right. Um, and and so everything that we do has to be based on commodities, which realistically, most tokens are commodities. The argument's not there. Like if Walrus can be used in a prize pool or a lot or, or, or something that burns the token, right? That's a commodity, technically. Uh, it's not. Uh, it, as long as it's like it has utility in the ecosystem, technically it's a commodity. Similar to NFTs, they're very commodity-based. Uh, the argument can be made both ways, but realistically, there's a stronger argument for commodity than there is for a security. Uh, but it is very difficult um, with this gray area that we're in because I want to launch a DEX, and of course I am, uh, but making it legal is very difficult, um, and it takes a lot of planning, and, and that's what I'm running into oftentimes is that this is no small feat to launch something the right way 
uh, in the crypto space and doing it um, as as the SEC's guidelines state. You can't have certain things in there, and uh, there's limitations that are involved uh, while the red tape is and like we're doing it while red tape is being wrapped around us, right? Like we're doing it off the cuff. Yeah, they're so, literally like <laughs> buying red tape and wrapping it around shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, but the good news is the SEC via my lawyer. This is you know he said that you know if I list something and it becomes a security. All they're going to do is send me a cease and desist. Hey, this is a security. You cannot have this on your exchange. If it even gets that far, like if we're if we're that popularized. Um, but realistically, um, there, there's no way that I would just list something and then unless I knew it was a security beforehand, um, then I would list something. It become a security, and then they go, "Hey, he just had he has a security listed. Get him!" And then they like take me out, right? Like they take snipe me from the balcony. They snipe me from the balcony while I'm sipping champagne. Uh, in a Gucci suit, like it's not going to happen. Um, it's not going to be like that. But it's still very frustrating to try and do shit the right way. Yeah, and like it was uh, interesting. <laughs> Gucci suit. Reading, <laughs> Gucci <suits>. reading about <laughs> you know this case and what went down with it, and like all these like news outlets for crypto, they don't even know what the thing they did that made it a security was. They're like, oh, it's because they distributed tokens to the team uh it was like they were paid in, in in library tokens and then it's like oh it was just because they were selling the library token like it was just all over the place uh and i promise you the federal government doesn't have a reason for it either no they, they just said it's a security no I mean, they went after it, it because you know the ripple case is going on and that's the one they want to win so they're gonna take down a bunch of uh, little guys not the library was like super little or anything but um, you know, take down smaller fish and use that as what's that fucking word? What's the word? Scapegoat. Precedent. Yes, thank you. See, Dylan, that's why you need to podcast in <laughs> prison. President, <laughs> the president of the United States. Precedent. The press. Right, so they can say, "Oh, library security." Guys, relax. It was another joke. We we fell victim to another bazinga. (laughs) Whoa, guys, zinger! Yikes, dude. I'm getting, I'm getting meta with these. I need to get like, (laughs) I need to get a uh, some kind of sound effect. The thing is, like, I need the, I need the sound effect so you all know on cue when I've actually made a fucking joke. Apparently, Jesus Christ. Oh man, tough crowd out here. I catch most of them. You know what is so many of your jokes just fall flat that when you do make a good know, one, we dude. just I know it, man. It's like the we boy who crap trample through jokes. I need AVAX to go to zero here. Is no, that realistic? AVAX, no. Uh there are thirty thousand people on Twitter talking about AVAX right now, talking really? about talking about that now that Solana is about to die, uh, where are you gonna go? And lots of people are saying AVAX is the only logical next stop. AVAX is the king of NFTs. AVAX is, we're is the going to be the king now. of a lot of things. Uh, AVAX is going to be the king of a lot of things, and I think it's going to grow fast in this next bull run. And anybody that thinks otherwise, well, that's okay. That's what crypto's all about. You do you. <laughs> what uh, what was Solana at at its height? Two hundred something, uh, right? Like a, yeah, yeah, it's like two hundred and thirty, two hundred forty. I mean, it was realistically propped up by entire the entirety of the of it was was propped up by like FTX and big VC funding, like 90% of it. 10% was like DeFi users that had no fucking clue what they were doing. I hated Solana. I used it. And it was like, it felt like crypto Twitter, but like 
crypto in a blockchain Twitter. version. Jesus, it was bad. It's the most cancerous thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it was bad. I really hated it. Uh, yep. So library, yeah, I think the SEC is basically just like taking down a bunch of little people that can't afford lawyers. Like you know, a li- like did you read about libraries defense? Well, you didn't tell us that you thought it was a security. We didn't know. It's like I didn't know the speed limit when I was speeding. You know, right? That's that defense. You know, maybe you didn't know the speed limit. Uh, but again, but like I said, they get they give ample instruction. Like they give you ample instruction. Hey, this is a security, right? Um, I assume there's going to be a lot of of that hitting the market. Yeah. Hey, this is security. Uh, this is why I'm not interested in building a fucking blockchain. Yeah, it's a mess. So, it's a damn freaking mess out there. Uh, the big boys do. This is news from eleven eight. It's eleven nine at this recording. Uh, three hundred forty four million liquidated overnight. Eleven seven into eleven eight. Uh, as BTC and ETH drop drastically, this does not include today, Wednesday's violent red price action across the markets as we see more capitulation. So now that liquidation number is probably significantly higher than $350 million. Yeah, I was... Uh, when I was muted, I was saying that... Uh, Red days make me sad. It doesn't matter how long I've been doing this. It's it's not like a sad, sad, you know, but it's just, it's hard to be in a good mood when you don't know what's going to happen next. And like, I thought I really was feeling very positive overall about the market. And then FTX pulled their bullshit. Um, you know, the SEC won't go after shit like that. Uh, let's take down library. Yeah. Which was okay. a pretty cool uh, token. Um, FTX is completely over leveraged and using uh, user funds to make more fucking leverage trades. So uh, ignore them. You know, they're fine. Uh, now millions of people have lost money. Uh, let's take that library token. This is what I'm talking about when I get angry about the government. It's it's fucking useless. The federal government does not help the people. Look, they don't they don't bring they don't bring a case to market unless it's 95% because that's what they're batting right now. 95% they're getting, they're getting a conviction. And, uh, with that, you know, with the, I was here, I was hearing, uh, I was watching up only TV, which is a Twitch channel that I watched last night, which was hilarious because they had Doquan on it. Martin, what's his name, Dylan, the pharmacy guy. Big boy. Oh, no. Martin Shkreli. Yeah. Martin Shkreli. Then they even ended up having somebody else, but realistically, but it was hilarious because Martin came on there and it was talking to Duquan, who's no one he's heard of in the last three months. And he yeah, said, Hey, not- listen, Martin said, Hey man, listen, I just want you to know jail's not that bad. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Um, that that was said live on a broadcast and Duquan just laughed. Um, but I don't even know what my point was. I just had to speak about that story because it's insanity. Speaking of uh, up only, they were- Oh, but he was, he was saying 95% of cases that go, uh, like federal criminal, prosecutors are like 95% on, on their batting average of, of getting convictions. And so they don't go after things they know they can't. Uh, now I think because uh, Sam was out there lobbying so hard, he was getting in the pockets of, of some lobbyists and, and some politicians. Uh, he's got some leeway, but by no means will they be able to put the veil over everyone's eyes. Uh, if he can't worse. give dollar, if he can't give dollar for dollar, Martin said that he would be, uh, he'd be liable. He was looking at prison time. He's, um, and so, you know, I think Martin knows. Uh, so. Sam's freedom is about to get liquidated. 
good. Honestly, good. I mean, people like this need to go. And if CZ's pulling the same shit, he needs to go. If Coinbase is pulling the same shit, they need to go. I'm sick and tired of watching people lose money because they trust these institutions and they're failing them. I mean, they're failing the American people, the, the world. The entire the international investing community is being failed, right? And, G- and Jesus Christ, like how far, how rich do you have to fucking get, right? Like exactly, you have twenty six billion dollars. Uh, what the fifth biggest exchange? You're making tons of money just from trades or whatever, you know, whatever the hell. You don't need to freaking leverage people's bank money into positions and shit. Like you don't need it's, to do that. You're already crushing it. You know, disgusting. What is the yacht not a foot long enough or something? I mean, what the fuck do you buy at twenty six billion dollars that you have to have twenty seven billion for? It just it's bullshit. I know it's astronomical, stupid, redundant numbers when it gets to that level. But you all have to understand that, like, they're not. They don't think like we do. Like, I know it's you, capitalism, we, baby. We don't have, what are you gonna we do? We don't have a we don't have abundance, and when you have that abundance, most of these people, like they'll do everything they can to continue with that abundance. And also, um, it's a power thing. It's not about financial gain. It's about power, and power comes with finances. And they're able to brush elbows with some of the most powerful people. And when you do that, you get a certain level of unlocks. It's like achievements in games. And once you are at that level, it's very hard to be taken off of that level, no matter what. Like look at. You know, look at Elon Musk. Look at how untouchable these people are. They have so much leverage. You, you're literally getting a get out of jail free card. You're getting a, uh, you know, a, an infinite money glitch because you know you're getting tax breaks in every corporation that you launch in every single state. Like they're, they're get like they're just paying uh, Jeff Bezos money in tax breaks to come and open up Amazon facilities. Like the, it's not just about hey, I can, I, I what can I buy with this twelve billion dollars? It's not that you could uh, buy a whole lot so of Coca Cola stock. I'll tell you that. True. True. <laughs> well, all I know is that I'm not a communist whatsoever. But when those fuckers start eating the rich, I pray that it's painful because they are ruining this country and they perverted what capitalism is supposed to be. I saw a scary TikTok a long time ago. Um, but it was about the economy and what happens like when it crashes. And basically what you have is these the mega rich people, you know, your Elon Musk's and your your billionaires and multi-billionaires. They know shit's going down before the general public does. And what they do, or, you know, they can just read the writing on the wall better. But what they do is they actually just leave the country and they take all that money out of the out of the environment, swap it to a different currency so they don't get fucked like everybody else. But you or me, you know, I mean, Austin could probably, you know, take his yacht, you know, and fucking sail <laughs> over to Malta, start some yield project. I don't know. Dave I, want, Dave, I want you to look at me and seriously say that statement. I have a no shirt on with a hoodie, a Nike hoodie from 2012. Uh, I'm wearing jogging pants in my room with, with, with my hair completely out. Listen, buddy. If I had a yacht, you ready? You ready? How long is your yacht? Yeah, Tell the people. Well, Tell them. The. The yacht, is, yacht you got. The John Boat. The yacht is not there yet. <laughs> the trolling motor on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you put a PO in for it, right? Yeah, I've, I've got a purchase order. I've got a purchase order for it. Yeah. Purchase order number not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. 
That's the name of the I boat. Don't know that ever, I don't know that I've ever bought a yacht. I think because... Austin didn't know how to swim. What the fuck, dude? I was a lifeguard. Jesus Christ. I taught people how to swim. That should scare people. <laughs> I was a great lifeguard. I saved a kid. I saved a kid's life. Actually, he went down the water slide, fell in, and was like, uh, you know, obviously doing the whole drowning thing. And I was like, oh. The whole drowning thing. And I, I looked around and I was like, you guys going to do anything? And they were like, well, you're the lifeguard. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, okay. I'll jump in. Yeah. I'll, I'll get in. Uh, oh, so, hell. We were at Disney God, World. Uh, we were at Disney World in the pool and we saw a kid like really struggle. And, and the lifeguard was just like, just watching. Monitoring the situation. And, like we had to like <laughs> rescue the kid and we're like, hey, we need they this girl needs help and she's like I was watching or I saw it's like this kid is barely keeping their head above water. Ugh. Fun fact: I have been drowned twice in my entire life by Austin. Two separate times. Surprisingly, uh, no. No, he uh, he saved me from the second one. I had a neighborhood kid that didn't like me too much, pushed me underwater, and Austin drop kicked him in the swimming pool or from the outside of the swimming pool. But uh, yeah, the first time I was at a kid's birthday party when I was also a kid. Absolutely, fuck around and find out. Would Trying not, to drown uh, people. Would not. Yeah, don't don't get Catch these fucking diglets, son. That's what I told her. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, know yeah. what my my daughter my daughter said they call feet now and and she's twelve. She said they call them grippers. Grippers. <laughs> grippers. Grippers. She said. Daddy, go look at these grippers, and she just sticks her toes out. She's pretty funny. These grippers. Like, hey, man, we all come from apes. They used them as grippers, right? It's fine. Gripper. I'm not a biologist. I don't know. Uh, Dogecoin, man. the The Dogecoin delusion is reached full force. Okay. Are you I, trademarking that? Is that you? I just came up with it. The Get Dogecoin the, delusion. Holy shit, that's good. I'm tweeting it right now. Yeah, trademark that shit. That's, that's the DD that's everybody's talking about. That's fantastic. The you do- know, DD kind of fell off as a as a normal conversation topic that it used to be in crypto because there was no due diligence to know that the market was going to bleed 75% in the year. So, yeah, it's not DD anymore. It's just fucking figure it out. Uh, but you were saying yes. about the Dogecoin delusion? Yes. Uh, I saw an article in mainstream news about uh, shit. The headlines read Dogecoin was punished for Musk's lack of commitment. Like they're still on this whole like, oh, Elon Musk could have helped Dogecoin out. Like why Musk not doing anything? It's not his fucking problem. When he bought fucking Twitter, he didn't bring Doge into it and it's his fault. Like, guys, guys, Elon Musk is not associated with Dogecoin. Like, he's not. He held a bunch of it, did SNL, set him the Doge father, sold it right when you bought it up to 80 cents. Like, you got to play. The Dogecoin delusion. There it is. That's, yeah, fucking, I mean, he I got heated when I read that headline, though. Yeah, I, I don't mean, understand he's not doing his, anything his, for that ecosystem. Anybody that's following an influencer like as big as Elon and thinks like he can move markets, but if you are waiting for Elon Musk's tweet it's to already determine over. your portfolio, 
my dude, you are you are late to the party. That's right. Know? Twitter token is and, already uh, out there. I will be tweeting at Elon Musk that you called him an influencer. So I don't know what else you'd fucking call him other than a billionaire. I guess. Yeah, I'd go with billionaire. Call him a billionaire. Billionaire, business owner, Tesla CEO, SpaceX. All right, Avax, you ran a little bit. Let's come down. Let's cool off. Let's go down. Sweating it out. Pump that Avax. I want to. I want to hear Austin cry on on podcast. Plus, I got a bunch of S Avax. It's a it's a seven hundred dollar position. I'll be honest. If this gets liquidated, you won't even see me blink. That's my risk tolerance. Like it really, truly does not affect me, and that's bad. Like I'm not saying this is a good thing. It is. They say you should take you, got you should a take emotions out. You need a therapy. I took all emotions out. It's it. Yeah, I do. I need crypto therapy. We'll have to make a token for it though, so we can get sued for being a security. Securities. Uh, Horde, king of the LMS, continues its pattern of relentless rewards delay and stagnation as its LMS buyback system struggles to keep pace with downward pressure. Um, but but not doing good. No. Uh, so what they did? Pikachu face. What the hell? Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed that a node's not sustainable regardless of what mechanic? Oh, Pikachu the node, face the meme. Okay. Like the shocked Pikachu is what it should be. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they recently what they do? A few weeks ago, they they. Cut rewards in they half. They introduced mutations. And then there was this mutation thing where you would get your full rewards until you claimed one time. But like after that, it was like rewards were cut in half or something like that. And then now we're coming into the this new phase where you can only sell one horde token a day. Or only once a day and up to one horde token. Like, guys, and now with the day... I'm telling you, if anybody on. listen, let me let me give you a little DeFi knowledge, the insider knowledge from a protocol owner. If any protocol stops you from selling, the problem is much bigger than what is displayed. There well, yeah, go. they There's built the entire project. Find that it was was built around their stability system, but we now are, you know, self probably what? two or three months into like a serious period of people not putting new money into crypto and, and specifically and definitely not into DeFi, right? And definitely, definitely not DGen DeFi. Um, so what has happened is, is you know, the liquidity manager uh, bucket Dried up. Is, is drying up faster than new money is coming in from investors because they don't make 1% a day from their treasury. Uh, no. Or whatever the whatever the yield is, they don't make that a day from the treasury. So the only way to have that is you either have the money laying around already, which was the buyback bot or the LMS, and new money coming in to fill it. Uh, and with no new money coming in at such a uh, you know frozen state, uh, it's like no one's going to buy it now, you know. So, you know, they're just trying to Look, save. But, like, it, again, this is liquid capital in slow motion, basically. We can we can say what we want about all of these things, right? But uh, what what is known is that nodes require 
income to sustain. There is no LMS system unless the devs are just piling in money. And this is nothing against Horde. Like they held up for a very long time and they still are. Like I'm not saying they can't survive out of it, uh, but there's a reason there's so many pivots being made right now. Um, and, and that's because they cannot keep up with the sell pressure, uh, which always comes into play. Like there's, it's just impossible. It's an impossible, like it's an impossibility. Um, you can't, anybody that thought otherwise. You cannot beat no. math, right? Um, yeah, you, you're, you're, you're trying to outpace. And I tried that. Trust me, Horde, I was with you. I tried outpacing the market and it does not work. You're fighting an uphill battle. You need to allow your LMS system to breathe and turn it off and allow investors to use. The, like right now, if I look at Horde BUSD, it's got 1.3 mil of liquidity, which is great, uh, but only 28K volume. Um, and there's no buys in the last six hours. There's been no buys in Horde. Um, you see what happens now is that by doing all these limitations, it, it tapers off new investors, right? Yep, and that's so what I was So what they need, the, the, the thing they need most is new investors, but they can't get it. Um, so Why would because someone buy they're, something they're trying to deal with, like yeah, where because you're, they're trying to deal with... You're so far behind right off right off the bat, right? Oh, you can't claim shit. You can't sell shit. Uh, you yeah, know. they're just stagnating their own. They're stagnating their own protocol for the inevitable, um, and whether it be because they don't have the liquidity to match, the, you know, the, the, it's it's probably something in the back end uh, that they'll never they'll never admit to until it goes too bad and goes tits up. But I mean, realistically, uh, who can use the LMS system? Um, you know, they tried some tune forks, they tried some other things, they tried it as a service. I don't know if they have just, customers. It's a fine thing. It's it's you can have it, but don't have it be like your thing. It's not the reason a protocol is going to work. Uh, it's a bonus, right? And if revenue is better than you expected, then put some money in the bucket. Be like, hey, we can eat some cells for free. But outside of that, mm-mm. it lasted a lot longer than I ever thought it would. Well, they have the locked tokens. <laughs> but it, I'll see what yeah. I'm typing in the general chat just to change the topic a little bit. What's CB said, CB? CB said, soul will be fine. And I sent him a gif of uh, <laughs> James Franco. Of someone winking. And then he said it again. He doubled down. And so I said it again. Because <laughs> it's like, come on, dude. What? Soul is not going to be fine. It's, it's a terrible L1 chain that's pl- propped up by VC funding that's about to get ripped out. God bless him. R.I.P. to a real one. Or not real one. But yeah, uh, I don't I don't see like mm-hmm. because to to boil it down simply, what Horde is doing is trying to manage their ecosystem in a way that is now hurting old investors, right? Now they so they're staying. There are no new investors. They're hurting and their they, old people without even bringing anyone in. And and also stagnating new income. So what There's they're a doing word is for that. They're just stalemating, um, and there's an eventuality here that anybody, and I mean anybody, can see. I uh, hope that people that probably there's a word. Anyway. There's a word for that. What's, What's happened the word? here? What's the word? It starts with a P and ends with the pyramid scheme <laughs> and a Ponzi. Well, they, they, they no it's not a, on the bottom. The I will. I will crumbled. say this: they they're not technically a Ponzi, right? Because they do have their own income stream. But it doesn't cover the cost of running that stinking bot. That bot is a slurper, man. Like, yeah, and and guess what? The more people slurp it, the more people want to drink. 
It's like salt yeah. water. And I mean, we saw it with liquid capital, but we didn't, we didn't like, you know, freeze trading or anything. But like you saw the second that bot goes off and people are like, oh man, the bot's not like, how's the price not stable? Like <laughs> it goes, it goes fast. Uh, so, you know. Can devs do something? Can they? Well, the devs are doing something. They're moving their king back and forth while the queen keeps putting them in check. Just like Oof, uh, that's a chess joke. That's next level. Yeah. Well, it was to play off Austin's stalemate thing. Ah, damn, that's next level. Mm. We, that awesome? we bring it here on the walls. What else happened? Yield notes <laughs> happened. Oh God! Another emails out, boys. Christ. That's another. And what did they steal somebody's credit card ding, information ding. this week? I mean, what else can be done here? That's another fifty hits on YouTube for us. Uh, yeah. Yield nodes update. Uh, so they sent an email out saying that the claims page for their emergency withdrawals is on track for November fourteenth. So if you are looking to emergency withdraw auction off your position, uh around november 14th and it's going to allow you to post offers for transferring some or all of your account balance to others the minimum penalty or the minimum asking price is 10 percent of your total amount uh i.e a 90 percent discount but you're free to set any it's basically like selling something on ebay right so whatever the going rate for somebody's position is is going to be that but you're allowed to sell at a 90% loss up to. Um, and the minimum is going to be 10%, and every two weeks they're going to scale it up so that, you know, maybe two weeks then the minimum is like an 80% loss. Um, so it's just that's how they're planning on doing it. Um, so they are at least following through with what they said on allowing people to emergency withdraw. I do not recommend selling that at 90 percent loss uh might be the best they get though like that is like let your emotion settle in a little bit at least i mean that is a serious i mean i don't know i can't tell you what to do patience is key when you're dealing with an asset you can't sell like just stew on it a bit before you hit that 90 percent button because someone's gonna buy it and then they'll just wait even for the quarter two 2023 nfts and and sell it for half at least you know like that's it's so easy to flip a 90 percent gain on your investment like starting off like i don't know it's wild that they let it go that low i agree um i think it's a disservice to your investors even though it's not it it's not really up to you, yield nodes, but like you let them set it that low, and and some people are gonna, and uh, it just makes me upset. Um, that's uh, that's all I got for the news, and uh, we do have a mailbag message from Lettuce. He says it's time for Lettuce's dad joke of the week. What do you call a police officer in bed? An undercover cop. An undercover cop. A damn lettuce. (laughs) Austin's going to use that one later. He's got to be in uniform, though, right? He's not in uniform. Oh, speaking of, uh, the the equipment for my my new uh, electronic band has 
heightened. I now have uh, a drum set for my Guitar Hero set. Did you oh, win? Did you win that auction? I want. Well, it's about now, so yeah, I want it. And Dylan has the Rock yeah. Band controller. This here is my Stratocaster. <laughs> All right, we gotta get into the Twitter winner here, and uh, I put up a Mad Libs. So, basically, That's what people cool had to do. If you've never done Mad Libs, I don't know. And basically, before you can read the story, they tell you, okay, we need a person, a noun, a noun, an adjective, you know, and then you plug all those into the story and it makes a funny story. Uh, so I asked for uh, a co-host, an adjective, a shit coin, an activity, and an article of clothing. And I wrote a little story around it. And whichever Twitter person has the funniest... Mad Lib is going to win this week's Radio NFT. So, uh, why don't you two go and pick, uh, you each go pick a Mad Lib that you think might be the best, and then I'll read them, and whichever is funnier of those two will, uh, and I'll, I'll tweet the story out, I guess, after, but so people can, can do it, but. You two go and pick your favorite Mad Lib potential, and then I'll read the story. All right, we've got Saint doing Dylan, Juicy, Gen Z Token, Staking, Assless Chaps, and I like it because it says Dylan. All right. And Assless like Chaps are hilarious. Austin, you want to go pick one? Thing. Yeah, let me find it real quick. Which one is it? It's on the, it's on the book. Jesus. I'm the on latest. the Twitter right now. Everybody it's the one that says giveaway time. I, I tweet so much. I'm a relentless hey, we're tweeter. Up, we're, we're over what? Oh, okay, good, I got it. Yeah, we're 132. We're doing great. Doing good. Gotta love what? week over week growth. Let's see. Damn, somebody just straight up copied someone else. Yeah. My wife Stephen. highlighted me to that. They wanted to win the NFT, but they didn't want to put in the work. Or shame, honestly. Beyond said, Dylan, moist, baby poop, golfing, <laughs> cardigan. <laughs> He's keeping it. Austin's keeping himself out of it. Uh, That's right. <laughs> well, hold on. Someone <laughs> said, Austin, dazzling, cum coin, doing yoga, coconut bra. Out. You like mm. that one, Zulier? That's pretty, yeah, it's pretty good. <clears throat> I'll read lettuces later because I think it's gonna be funny. Uh, it's also me, so yeah, we'll do we'll do lettuces as well, so he can try to win his third fucking NFT. And loves them. Um, loves us. All right, so him. let's do. We're gonna do Zulier's story first. Wait, who is Coconut Bra? Zulier, that was yours. Uh. Austin. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are you guys ready? It was a lonely November it. in Austin's dazzling house. FTX was causing. Hold on. I gotta spread it out here. FTX was causing more capitulation against his favorite token, Cumcoin. And Austin decided it was time to close the screen and do some yoga. In their dreams, they slept. Elon Musk whispered, Come coin will be the new token of Twitter. 
in their excitement, Austin bursts out of their home, forgetting to put on their coconut bra, <laughs> and shouted into the streets at midnight, Come coin is pumping, the come coin is pumping. Hey, it's got a ring to it. The come coin is pumping! You know, like, uh, what's that guy? Paul Revere style. Um, yeah. So Dylan, uh, Saints pick here. Uh, it was a lonely November in Dylan's juicy house. FTX was causing capitulation against his favorite token, Gen Z token. And he decided it was time to close the screen and do some stalking? Staking or stalking? Staking. Staking. Yeah. Get away, get away from that crypto and do some other crypto. Uh, in their dreams, they slept and Elon Musk whispered that Gen Z token would be... <laughs> never. It would be the new token of Twitter. In their excitement, uh, Dylan busted out. I like him to say he would, never, he would never say that, but he's <laughs> laying in bed with Elon Musk and that's not crazy. <laughs> it was a dream. It was, it was in their dreams. Uh, yeah. He dreamed of Elon Musk. It came to him in a vision. Gotcha. Uh, so Dylan busts out of his home. Runs down the street saying uh, he forgot his assless chaps. He said Gen Z token is pumping. Gen Z token is pumping. And I'm going to read lettuces here. Man, like the perversion, I got to say, of these Twitter entries. It's like they were trying so hard to make it like as sexual, as sexual as possible. Immediately. <laughs> it was a lonely November in Dave's fat house. Uh, FTX was causing capitulation against my favorite token, Come Rocket. That was um, why I had talked about that when uh, Brian was still on. Um, Come Rocket. Dave decided it was time to close the screen and do some banging. In my dreams, I slept and Elon Musk whispered to me that Come Rocket coin will be the new token of Twitter. And in my excitement, I burst out of my house forgetting to put on my knee pads and shouted in the streets that Come Rocket is pumping. Come Rocket is pumping. <laughs> Dave, you can't leave the house without your knee pads. You never know. You just, you gotta have them. They're um, uh, I, I kind of like Zulier's. I don't know what you guys are thinking. I'm a big Saint fan. Big Saint fan. He used my name. Yeah. Gotta love, gotta love it when they use my name. We'll do both. We could just do both. Or Austin, do what both. do you think? I'm gonna go with the one that involves me. Of course you would. All right, we'll still do both. You both win. You did good. Congratulations, guys. Saint and Zulier. Well I'll be sending out your. Uh... Disco Chuck said, gonna... "Not to be a stickler, Space Games with Dave." But all chaps are assless by design. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't He's write got a it. Point. <laughs> I think it wouldn't have been as fun. You have to. A lot of people aren't as experienced as you are, Disco, uh, in assless chaps or in chaps. Um, so it's. I think it's good to let the uh, let the the regulars know. You know what they're getting into when they go to chaps R us. Uh, my show notes uh special thanks again brian uh he had to leave early but uh thank you so much swapsicle for joining us today and you can be sure to check out swapsicle decks for their utility 
right on AVAX. Uh, we have a link in the show description for their Discord website. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for the Macro Show and tune in next week's DeFi Show. We should have Savvy DeFi uh, on the show next week. And the, our our guest list is starting to get pretty full, uh, actually. We have quite a few... Yeah, it's an exclusive club here, Walrus Anglers Club, and if you want to get in, uh, you can. Yes, and uh, if you do win one of these yes. NFTs, uh, you do get to listen live to the recordings, which is how Disco and, and Lettuce have chatted with us uh, during the show. You need one of these VIP NFTs uh, to listen live to the recordings. But for everybody else, uh, everything is uncut and available on Spotify and everywhere that podcasts are heard. Uh, you can send show notes, or uh, not show notes, I do that. You can show ideas and special guest ideas to wlrsradioinfo at gmail.com. And if you'd like to purchase ad space slash sponsor a show, there's only one slot left, uh, wlrsradioinfo at gmail.com. I do check that email religiously, so you will be replied to. Uh, thank you, everybody, and then that's a wrap. 